0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: BYU offensive tackle Kingsley Suamati is getting a lot of attention when it comes to the NFL draft. He's also expected to lead BYU into the Big 12 this fall. We're going to be joined by Max Chadwick. had a great conversation with him for PFF earlier this week on today's show. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Excited to welcome in Max Chadwick, of course, a college football analyst for Pro Football Focus and also host of Preferred Walk-On. Max, thanks again for taking some time to join us here on Locked On Cougars.
0: Of course, Jake. Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right, I want to start here with you. Uh, You had a great piece for PFF, Pro Football Focus, earlier this week with Kingsley Suamata'ia, BYU offensive lineman. Uh, A guy, five-star prospect, transfers in from Oregon after starring at Orem High School, just a stone's throw away from BYU. Give me a sense, uh, just based on kind of your takeaways from the conversation with him, where this kid stands as BYU gets ready to jump into the Big 12 Conference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's clearly the leader, I would say, of that BYU team right now first-round pick in the NFL draft. And, you know, as a pass blocker, he's one of the best in the country. You know, he had an 80-plus pass blocker in his past year. He didn't allow a single sack all year as well. And just talking to the guy, man, I mean, he was one of my favorite interviews that I've done so far. I mean, he was hilarious. He even fired me a couple times. Like, I asked him, what separates you from other tackles around the country? And he was saying, just the heart. That I have man. I, I'm I'm playing for my family. They rely on me. So every time I step on the field, I'm playing for them. And you know, there's no jokes out there. He said, you know, once I go out there on the field, it's just me versus you. And I was like, okay, man, let's go. And you know, he's a really funny guy, and, and you know, also a guy who's very fire. You can see the fire inside of him as well. So yeah, BYU's uh, got a good one for sure. Now you mentioned that, that he's got
1: that heart. You mentioned he's he also comparing himself to top level offensive tackles. I read a lot of mock drafts, look like at PFFs. So I look at all the different ones out there, and by and large, most of them have him as a first-round draft pick. If I'm not mistaken, you have him in that at that level as well yourself.
0: Yeah, I do. And, you know, you look at my mock draft, I, what I put up for PFF, and I had him, I think, around OT5, OT6, um, but still a first-round pick. And, and, like, that's just how special the offensive tackle class is next year. And even mentioned it in the interview, that I talked to him, I said, hey, do you look at any of those mock drafts? and see yourself in on the first round. What does that mean to you? He goes, yeah, I look at it, but only because I want to see what tackles are being taken ahead of me in those mock drafts. He even mention them. He said, yeah, I know the guy from Penn State talking about Olufoshano, the guy from Notre Dame talking about Joe Alt, the guy from Alabama talking about J.C. Latham. He's like, I see those guys, and, uh, yeah, I, I want to pass them. I want to be the best out there. So. Yeah, he pays attention to that stuff. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he's got all the tools in the world. I'm excited for him uh, to move to left tackle this year from right tackle, taking over for Blake Freeland. So, yeah, all the tools in the world. He was an excellent pass protector, mean run blocker too. You know, he mentioned run blocking, said, you know, run blocking is just about one of the bigger nuts out there, which was I thought one of my favorite moments of the interview. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's got all the tools in the world. And if he has a great redshirt sophomore year, could enter that top three tackle conversation with Alt. Uh, Fashanu and Latham. How big is it going to
1: be for him in particular to be playing at the power five level this year and prove himself against that level of competition if he truly wants to be that first round pick?
0: Yeah. And he even mentioned that too, where I brought it up. I was like, Hey man, are you excited about that? He's like, yeah. You know, he, he was like, listen, I don't want to say that any of our games, like you just look past them, but he's like, but now this time you need to be on your game every single time. Uh, so he was very much looking forward to playing a Power 5 schedule every time. It's going to help him, too. I mean, you know, you're know, you not going to have the excuse uh, in the when you look at him pre-draft and say, oh, you know, he played a, a you know group of five schedule. Now, of course, the Big 12 defensively not the strongest compared to the Big 10 or SEC, but still better than the, uh, the group of five schedule we were playing before. So, yeah, he was very excited about that. And he's like, yeah, I, I am very, very much looking forward to it. And I think it could only help him, honestly, uh, when the NFL draft comes around.
1: Now, the other question I had off of that is, the fact, you mentioned he's going to be a redshirt sophomore, so he's relatively young with regards to his college eligibility. Will that be a concern in your mind in terms of just maybe not having as many games under his belt as some of these other elite tackles might have?
0: He actually, uh, funny enough, he actually mentioned that as the reason why he thinks he's not being mentioned with Alt, Fashanu, and Latham. He's like, yeah, I guess I just don't have the experience, but you'll see, you know, very soon. So, uh, yeah, he's still very young. Um, I don't know if that will be much of an issue this year because then he'll have two years mm-hmm. of starting uh, at BYU under his belt at right tackle and left tackle, which is about, you know, you usually see two years from a guy, especially a three-year guy. You see about two years of starting experience if they come out in the draft. So I don't think it'll be an issue. I think right now it could be an issue for him because it's only one year. Um, But there are a ton of NFL draft prospects looking ahead that have only been one-year starters, too. So, uh, yeah, like Ola Fashano, for for example, for Penn State, he was only a one-year starter for Penn State last year. So uh, I don't think it's an issue uh, for him at all. I think he'll be fine heading into the 2024 draft if he declares for it.
1: Now, obviously, he is a guy, great body. I I had a chance to stand next to him, actually, and we were having a conversation, and he told me he slimmed down a little bit. He's obviously thinking about his future and what he wants to accomplish. Do you think that there is anything in particular in his game that he, he needs to shore up or maybe show out on the field this fall in particular?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it just uh, continue the progression. You know, I, I think as a pass blocker, he was really impressive. I think as a run blocker, he's mean. You know, that, that's the big thing I love watching this tape. He's mean, but there are times where he can, you know, miss a, a block here or there in the run game. So that's why his run blocking grade wasn't the, the highest uh, compared to, like, someone like Joel Alt or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, pass protection, continue to progress in that area. I'm excited for him. He's actually uh, told me, he's like, yeah, I'm actually excited because left tackle is my natural position. You know, I played there all throughout my life and in high school. Right tackle, I never really played before. So he's like, I feel like I'm back home now, left tackle. So it could be a brand new player that we see out of Kingsley this year. Uh, But yeah, I think, you know, improve, you know, the consistency as a run blocker because he's got the mean streak. You know, he's got the, he's going to blow you up in the run game. He's got a number of reps like that. Uh, But yeah, and and I'm just excited to see him against the Power Five schedule too. So yeah, I think just, Continue to improve in all aspects, I think, for him. Because, like I mentioned before, he's a really young player. He's only going to continue to get better. He's got all the tools already. He doesn't, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think just continue to progress in all areas.
1: Got an interesting question for you here. Can you quantify how impressive it is that BYU has put their last three starting left tackles? Speaking of Brady Christensen now with the Carolina Panthers, Blake Freeland with the Indianapolis Colts, and should Kingsley declare next year, he's probably going to be in the NFL. Can you quantify how impressive that is to have three straight left tackles hit and obviously make their dreams come true in the NFL?
0: Yeah, oh, it's so impressive. And, you know, uh, that BYU offensive line, not only the left tackles, man, the interior offensive line is always usually pretty good, too. James Empey is a guy that I was a big fan of, uh, you know, at BYU. And, yeah, I mean, he, uh, you look at Blake Freeland, not only did he grade super well for PFF, also was, like, one of the most athletic offensive tackles we've ever seen at the NFL combine. I think he broke the vertical jump record for offensive tackles. You mentioned Brady is another guy who grades out really well for PFF. Uh, so yeah, Kingsley looks like the next in line. I think he's better than all, than both of those guys too, uh, in terms of how he is as a prospect. So yeah, Kingsley, you know, while those guys weren't first round picks, I think Kingsley very easily could be a first round pick because five-star recruit got the pedigree. Like I mentioned before, he's got the tools. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, he could be the highest drafted out of those three guys.
1: All right, I want to talk, kind of expand our conversation a little bit and talk a little about BYU overall as they enter the Big 12 uh, with Max. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Need to get a quick word in, though, on our one of our great sponsors here on Lockdown Cougars. That's our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals, my friends, because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The best part about FanDuel, they got great promotions every single day. They kind of they range everywhere and anywhere. The best part about that is they also have a safe. And secure app making it really easy for you guys to trust what you're doing and the best part I guess additionally is that you get paid out instantly if you want to cash out right away so there's no, no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one spo- sports book excuse me visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 <clears throat> excuse me once again that's fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today that's fanduel a for- official sports betting partner of the NBA Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you for being every day with us here on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to a fun weekend out there. Hope you guys are, all have big plans. We'll reconvene on Monday and recap everything going on in BYU sports. We'll also continue our look back at BYU's independent era. Uh, Max, you've kind of been doing a fun thing here on the podcast to kind of clue you in. I've gone back throughout the offseason looking at all 155 games that BYU played as an independent football program. and uh, It's been kind of fun because I, I my professional career covering BYU sports Essentially, that era of BYU football. So it's been a fun deal, and we'll get back to that on our Monday edition of the podcast. But I want to talk to you about BYU as they make the transition to the Big Twelve. Now, uh, you guys are pro football focus. I think most people know very much analytical uh, grades, all that type of stuff. You guys look at uh, you guys look at the game at almost a granular level. So I want to start just kind of with a, a broad view for those out there who hear me talk about PFF grades. They're probably like Jake, what in the heck are you talking about like can you you, like can you help our listeners understand a little bit more of what pffs overarching goals are
0: yeah so we try to do the impossible task of grading every single player in every single game uh every single play so uh you hear that and you're like that must be a headache and it very much is i'm luckily not one of the graders, honestly um but yeah so we try to do that and you know you might look at it and be like oh you know, you look at me, some skinny kid, and it's like, oh, this guy's evaluating offensive linemen. It's like, no, 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 I'm not. And uh, the guys who are grading them have actually been trained mm-hmm. by former NFL offensive linemen. The guy, the Bruce Gratkowski longtime NFL backup quarterback, he was actually the guy. Now he's coaching now, of course. Yeah. But he was actually the guy that was grading all the throws for quarterbacks. So <laughs> we have guys that, like, know what they're looking at. You know, it's not just me out there looking at it and be like, oh, this is what Kings is supposed to be doing on this play. I'm sure Kings would tell me, dude, you don't, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And he's probably right. Uh, so, yeah, you, you look at some of the, the our graders, and they try to do that. They are very well trained in that aspect. So I will also say this. As good as the graders are, the grades aren't perfect. And I know it's the big stat that you look at for PFF. We actually do a, a ton more stats than just grades and i think the other stats are pretty much just as valuable as grades. so when you look at some of my list and i put out the top 10 returning quarterbacks it's not just hey these are the top 10 returning quarterbacks ordered by pff grade pff grade plays a part in it but a lot of other stuff plays a part in it too and we keep track of literally everything like i have ultimate open right now if you want to see the highest graded guys or the guys who have the most passing yards uh, on Monday Night Football in 70-plus degree weather. Like, I could show you that right now. It's pretty insane, uh, this database that we have. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive database, and we keep track of literally everything. And uh, luckily, I'm not one of the data collectors. They are doing God's work right now. Uh, but, yeah, that's we kind of try to do everything for college football and the NFL and XFL and USFL stuff, too.
1: Sure, and that, that's the thing about it is I, I love it because I'm I'm a football junkie, so like getting a kind of a deep dive on stuff like this helps me unders- understand the game at a, 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 I guess a better level in my mind. And I think most people that seem to uh, do that seem to understand football. And I, you mentioned the fact you guys have different grades that are out there because I've I've trust me I've I've explored PFF's depth and breadth of all these stats, and there's a never-ending treasure trove it feels like of different things to, to pull from. But nonetheless, as we turn our attention for BYU entering the Big Twelve. Conference, conference this fall. You mentioned top 10 quarterbacks. Obviously, they have Keaton Slovis taking over as their starting quarterback. Uh, two-time transfer, uh, started at USC, had injuries, then jumps to Pitt for one season, and now finally, as in his final year of eligibility, comes to BYU. What are the hopes in your mind of him having a, more of a what he kind of showed early on in his USC career for BYU versus maybe more of what he showed in the latter part of that uh, tenure in Los Angeles as well as at Pitt?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that was someone I talked to Kingsley about in our interview, and he even mentioned him. And I was like, hey, man, what do you think about Keaton so far? And he was like, listen, we were terrified because we really were hoping that Jaron would come back to school. He decided to obviously leave for the NFL draft. And they're like, we had no idea we're going to do a quarterback. Thankfully, he's like, thankfully, Keaton comes in and he's like, man, that dude can sling the ball. He's like, I am so excited to be pressing that guy's blindside. He was when I mentioned the name Keaton Slovis, his eyes lit up. So I think BYU fans should be pretty excited. And yeah, Keaton Slovis was a guy that uh, my colleague Anthony Tresh was like super high on a few years ago. And he's been like, this is a guy is going to be a future number one overall pick. Don't think he's going to be like that anymore. But he, what made him like that, such a great player at USC, and of course he's bounced around now a couple times. But uh, yeah, he was such an accurate, accurate passer. Uh, I think that's what you, uh, BYU is getting and a uh, good processor too. not great mobility. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he's just a supremely accurate quarterback. Uh, and that's why he succeeded really at USC. Um, so, yeah, I think BYU fans should be very, very excited. And Kingsley for sure is very, very excited about protecting his blind side next year.
1: What obviously you mentioned that the Big 12, obviously, is going to be a step up in competition for BYU overall. Can you help Cougar fans kind of quantify what maybe the biggest challenges in your mind for BYU will be as they make this leap now from, I guess, a pseudo power five program to truly being a power five college football team?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the big thing is the schedule. You're going to be playing pretty much, you know, a Power 5 team every week. Now, I know BYU, in terms of group of five teams, BYU was one of the best group of five teams in terms of playing a power five schedule. You know they played the Oregon's, they played the Stanford's and other teams like that. But it's a little bit different uh, now playing the power five. And I think the big thing in the Big Twelve, obviously, the, the big thing in the Big Twelve is uh, the offense is just really, really good in the Big Twelve, especially this year. Uh, Texas offense looks absolutely ridiculous. If Quinn Ewers can take that next step, that offense should be absolutely absurd. I think they skill position wise, I put them right behind Ohio State for the best in the country. Uh, Oklahoma got Dylan Gabriel coming back. Uh, at quarterback too so um, those two teams luckily for BYU fans they won't have to worry about those two teams for more than just next year because then obviously they're both bolting uh, for the SEC but yeah the big thing is really that the the offense in the Big 12 is so good so yeah I mean BYU is not the only one joining the Big 12 they got three other group of five teams joining too so uh, it's kind of a new look Big 12 next year I'm really excited about but yeah i think say the big thing for them is just like the, the offensive jump yeah, the quality is going to be uh, you know, It could be a lot for the defense at first, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that BYU would be able to handle it.
1: Did Kingsley, I guess in your conversation with him, did he mention about anything about his relationship with Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator? This is a guy uh, most BYU fans can rattle it off. He's put uh, Zach Wilson in the NFL, Jaron Hall in the NFL, and the hope is he can put Keaton Slovis next year into the NFL alongside a guy like Kingsley. What, what is your perception, I guess, of Aaron Roderick or m- maybe something that uh, Kingsley passed along to you about their offensive coordinator?
0: Yeah, he, he mentioned Aaron a couple of times. You know, we, we talked about the head coach, Kalani, who I think is a superstar, uh, and he mentioned, he's like, yeah, man, I, I just love all my coaches. He's like, I'm really close with all my coaches. He mentioned Aaron, and, and he was like, yeah, I just love that they can make me, you know, let allow me to be who I am. You know, I can go out there, I can joke around in the meetings, and then obviously – you know, you look at the interview and he was saying, you know, once I step onto the field, it's over. You know, the jokes were over. I'm there to kill you, basically. Uh, so, yeah, he mentioned Aaron and he mentioned how, you know, he's just really close to all his coaches. I think BYU is a great culture right now, man. I, I really do believe that. And uh, I think Aaron is a big part of it. Obviously, Kalani Sitaka is a big part of it, too. And, uh, yeah, Kingsley was just mentioned to all the coaches. It was like, yeah, I just, I just love that they let me and let my teammates just be who we are. Uh, And have fun with it. And then obviously, when it's go time, it's go time. But yeah, I think that's why they've been able to be so so successful over the last few years, just because they're letting players be themselves.
1: Uh, And the other thing about this is you mentioned the fact that Big 12, its reputation is very much offensive focus. And BYU, their defense, looking at PFS grades (laughs) alone last year, was not great. Uh, What do you think is realistic for, I guess, a Big 12 program in terms of just overall? showing on defense because you're going up against elite offense seemingly every single week when it goes into big 12 play what I guess is the hope for a BYU fan that's hoping for improved defensive play this year when they may be facing better offenses than they ever have overall
0: yeah so they obviously they should be having a a good secondary I think is the big we need a big 12 because of how elite those passing attacks are Uh, But, you know, they have some bright spots, BYU does, on that defense. Tyler Batty graded out really, really well for us this past year. The edge defender had like an 81.6. Really good run defender for us uh, and a pretty good pass rusher, too. So he's a guy that I think is probably the leader of that defense heading into next year. Uh, But, yeah, it's just you're dealing with a lot of spread offenses. You're dealing with um, a lot of explosive passing attacks and some good run games, too. So, yeah, that's kind of the thing I would be uh, looking out for. So, I mean, you would know better than me how good BYU secondary is going into next year, but it's, it's got to be pretty good, honestly, if you, if you want to. Unless, you know, Keaton Slope is out there has to sling four touchdowns, five touchdowns a game, because uh, it could get, uh, you know, there are high-scoring games in the Big 12, and those games last forever because of it. So, yeah, they're going to need to uh, be able to defend the pass a little bit better.
1: Well, BYU fans of a certain age, that I know there's a number of them that watch this, will be able to rattle off. They called it the Wacky Whack back in the 1990s for BYU. And there were games in that history, Max, and I can remember them. I'm old enough to remember some of these. Ty Detmer playing a 52-52 tie against San Diego State in 91. Like There, there are some legendary. And so I guess BYU fans are not averse to having, I guess, the option of having those high-flying shootouts. But at the same time, they probably like to see a little more defense as yeah. they make the Power 5 transition. All right, I got a couple more questions for you about BYU, and a, and a great comment I saw from Pro Football Focus from Kingsley about BYU kind of assuming, I, I would call it an underdog mentality as they go into the Big 12. We'll finish off our conversation with Max Chadwick here in just a minute on that front. Before we do that, though, need do need to get another word in on one of our great sponsors, local sponsor here on the podcast, our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the States they got many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. Best part is, no matter where you want to live here in Utah, they got options for you. Davis, Salt Lake, Toquilla, and Utah counties. Also multiple communities in Washington County near St. George in the southern end of the state if you want to move down that way. They have over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories and townhomes as well. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to make the move right away. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com. For free. Fifty years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: Continuing on now with Max Chadwick of Pro Football Focus. And Max, I- I've been meaning to ask you about this in particular. Uh, preferred Walk-On. I love the name of it, but explain what Preferred Walk-On
0: is. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, all these interviews, the, the great Dave Safaro, who I know you interacted with in, in setting this whole thing up. He's he's our PR guy, and he has been just unbelievable in terms of getting interviews for me, and you know, I turn these interviews into into feature articles, which is great. But I'm like, man, you know, I, I want to put these interviews out in full and, and edit them up and make them look cool. So, I started the show, Preferred Walk On, where all the interviews, eventually Kingsley, I'll be posting that one soon. I have to edit it up uh, after a number of ones. But, you know, Dave has gotten me guys like uh, like Caleb Williams, like Joe Alt, who we mentioned before, like Olaf Shano, Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels, just like a, a ton of superstars, honestly. And uh, it's been a dream come true, honestly. And I'm like, man, I just don't want to let these just be articles and that's it. I want to, you know, make these as much as possible. So, it's a podcast, it's a YouTube channel. You can check it out, Preferred Walk On. Uh, so, yeah, and I'm doing more than just the interviews, too. I'm You know, I'm turning some of my articles into videos, like my top 10. I'm going top 10 every single position, uh, ranking the top 10 players. And so, yeah, it's, it's, that's basically what it is right now. But, yeah, a big reason why I wanted to start it was to let these interviews uh, live on in YouTube and audio form as well, too. Well, you know it as well as I do. It's it's all about multimedia
1: universe out there these days. you got to be written, digital, right. audio. It's it's all got to be covered. So I, I love it. I'm going to be obviously following you. I'll be listening to those interviews because I think it's it's fun to get those exclusives, those one-on-one conversations. You get stuff that you won't find anywhere else. But uh, there, I saw it on Pro Football Focus, uh, their college uh, Twitter handle, and, and the, they tagged it saying, uh, message to the Big 12, don't sleep on BYU. And the quote is from uh, Kingsley Suamati, and I, I'm assuming this is from your conversation, is BYU – the underdog coming in but it's cool they'll see what we have when we start playing and I think that goes back to a, com- a comment you made earlier that Kingsley this dude he seems like when he crosses that that painted line it's all business on the football field
0: yeah 1000% yeah that, that quote did come from uh, my, my conversation with him and yeah he, he really was like that where I mentioned you know the the two sides of Kingsley where he you know he makes me belly laugh with like the, the you know, whoever has the bigger nuts and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, then he turns it on and you're like, oh, wow, this guy, you know, I'm thankful that's a Zoom interview right now because otherwise this guy might kill me. Uh, so yeah, he really could turn up and flip the switch pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, he mentioned that quote where he's like, yeah, man, you know, I look at the Big 12 right now. Obviously, we're the new bloods coming in alongside uh, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF heading into the Big 12 next year. And yeah, everyone's probably looking at them and saying, okay, you know, they're, they're going to take some time to adjust to a Power 5 level. And he's like, no, we're not. You know, We're ready for this. And you know, that was the big thing he was saying. He's like, yeah, they, they think of us as an underdog right now, but we're going to come in and we're going to try to shock the world. So, uh, yeah, that, that was another one of those quotes I was like, all right, man, let's go. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, he seems to be pretty confident. I, I'm pretty confident, too, that BYU, it won't be uh, an adjustment too much for BYU. I think they'll be able to go in there and compete, especially in the trenches. That's where I think BYU will, uh, will really succeed next year. In the trenches, especially with, when they see a guy like Kingsley lining up across them, they're be like, oh, okay, like they're for real a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think in the trenches they're uh, they're gonna be able to compete a little bit in the Big Twelve.
1: Now, obviously, success is all relative. It's all uh, dependent on each fan, what they consider to be success. But uh, I've kind of stated on this podcast that I think the baseline for BYU year one here in the Big 12 should be to get to 6-6. Six and six. Get to a bowl game. Anything beyond that I think would be a fairly successful debut as a Power 5 program. Uh, you have any thoughts on where you think BYU might land at the end of this campaign?
0: Yeah, I I would say a bowl game would constitute a successful season. You know, we mentioned before, they lose a lot of really, really big uh, players from that team last year. Jaren Hall, I mentioned before, uh, Blake Freeland, Puka Nakua, a big fan of that receiver. He's gone now, too. Um, So, yeah, I think... Unfortunately for Cougars fans, I don't know if this team will make a bowl game. I think maybe a 5-7, and 6-6 six and six sounds around right, too. So, yeah, I think if they make a bowl game, I would, I would definitely constitute that as a, as a successful season. And if Kitten Slovis is everything that Kingsley is making him out to be, I mean, they, they could very easily be. Uh, a bowl eligible team next year.
1: Well, and that's the thing about that BYU fans they they they, they know when you have high level quarterback play in pro, but you can go back through the fifty plus years since Lavelle Edwards became the head coach when he's had a high level quarterback. You can think of Gifford Nielsen, Jim McMahon, Steve Young. Traditionally, when you got that type of quarterback for BYU wins follow, but they never played the power at the power five level like they will this season. I think that's gonna be kind of the interesting dynamic to see, okay, is Keaton Slovis capable of being that level of a quarterback, but at the same time, the increased competition level that is going up against, it just it makes for a whole nother element of this. And I think it's gonna be very exciting to see where BYU ultimately lands at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned before, you know, they have the great quarterback, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, too, in that, in that regard, not really in the NFL right now. Um, but, yeah, you, you, they have Keenan Slovis, who I think is a good quarterback, solid quarterback. Don't know if he's a great one. Uh, don't know if he'll be as good as even Jaron Hall was, honestly. Because uh, it has been some time since we've seen the, the really good Keaton Slovis at USC. He could turn around. Um, But, yeah, I I think that, you know, 6-6 and is reasonable. For me, I would be a little bit lower. I I don't quite think they'll make it to the bowl game. I'd probably say 5-7 and Mm -hmm. for the Cougars. Uh, But, yeah, a a bowl game, like I said, would be a very successful year, especially your first year in a Power 5 conference.
1: All right, Max, I I guess last thing for me, is there anything else from your conversation with Kingsley or anything else about BYU you'd like to pass along to Cougar fans?
0: Yeah, I mean, Kingsley – I don't know what else to say about Kingsley other than I love the guy. You know, he, he just was genuinely one of my favorite interviews uh, that I've had so far, and uh, he's being trained. He mentioned in the interview how he's being trained by his older cousin, Panay Sewell, mm-hmm. who was a superstar in college, now a superstar in the NFL for the Lions. Uh, so, yeah, they should be pretty excited about what Kingsley has, especially now that he's playing his natural position of left tackle. I'm I'm pretty excited to see what Kingsley has in store next year.
1: Well, Matt. Well, Max, uh, last, last thing is where can BYU, find, uh, BYU fans find all your work in all of its various forms?
0: Yeah, of course. So you can find it at uh, pff.com. All the articles live on there. And then like I mentioned before, Preferred Walk-On uh, is available wherever you get your podcast Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. And also mainly uh, as a YouTube channel where all the interviews eventually will be. I, I posted like six of them so far. I've, I've ended together with a lot of their highlights and everything like that. Uh, and all different videos around surrounding college football uh, live on that channel as well. So you can find it at Preferred Walk-On, uh, and you also find me on Twitter and TikTok and wherever at Chatters for Maxwick.
1: Well, the best part is I think most BYU fans either watching this and or listening to it are familiar with finding podcasts like that, so I think they'll be, able to, they'll be able to track it down. But Max, thanks again for carving out some time for us and look forward to maybe catching up with you as the season gets a little bit closer, all right?
0: I really appreciate it, Jake. Thank
1: you. All right, there you go. Max Chadwick from Pro Football Focus. Obviously, make sure you check out Preferred Walk-On. Big thank you to him for taking the time. Uh, just a reminder for you guys, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday recapping everything that happens in BYU sports over the weekend as well. And make sure to also check out our YouTube channel, as mentioned, both Preferred Walk-On and Locked On Cougars. And a big thank you once again for being uh, making us your first listen of the day and being for every day being everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until next time, this has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya.